Hello there. Welcome to another life transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwe Tachero. Philippians chapter 3 verse 4 to 7. This is what the Bible says and this is Paul speaking. And Paul says, though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day, he begins to mention some of the things that he has accomplished in the flesh. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, this I have counted laws for Christ. Now, I want to share with you on a short meditation entitled Paul's Pride. And the pride, I have put it in quotes. These are things that Paul could have boasted about, but he didn't. So, it is Paul's pride, but pride is in quote. You know, if Paul was living in our times, he could have received numerous accolades because of who he was. Paul was an articulate speaker. He was a prolific writer. He had a brilliant mind. He was full of the spirit, was full of the power. I mean, when, when you read some of the letters that he he wrote to the church, you can see a lot of intelligence, a lot of anointing. You know, a lot of, you know, a brilliance has been put, had been put rather into those letters by this man called Paul. So if he was living in our times, you know, Paul could have received a lot of accolades. Paul could have been recognized. Paul, Paul's name could have gone virus. He could have been an international speaker who is known, you know, all over the world because he was such a mighty, mighty man. You know, as far as the work of the ministry is concerned. I mean, this is a guy that penned almost three quarters of the New Testament. And he brought a lot of clarity in terms of doctrine, in terms of church, in terms of leadership, in terms of the gifts of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, the works of the flesh. I mean, you know, the office of a bishop. This, this, these are writings that, you know, God downloaded through power, you know, to the church. So he became instrumental in helping us even understand God more, understand the message of the cross more, understand Jesus more. So Paul, if he was living in our times, I'm telling you, this is a guy who could have received numerous accolades. He could have been a highly respected guy. He could have been a highly sought after speaker. He could be speaking in major conferences all over the world if he was living in our times. But in this verse also, I want you to see something that Paul mentions. He mentions other qualities that we didn't know, you know, he had. And that is what I want us to look at. He mentions other qualities that could have made him proud, you know, but he chose not to. And that's why we're talking about Paul's pride, but the pride is in quotes. These are things that could have made him proud. These are things that could have made him boast, but he chose not to. And these are the things I want us to look at. And we're going to pray at the end of this broadcast. So stay tuned, stay locked, stay there until I'm done. And then we're going to pray together. And I know that God is going to uh, push us to the next level. Now, I want to mention a few things that we see that he mentions here. And then we're going to pray. Number one is his cultural pattern, his cultural pattern. You see, the Jewish culture, newborn males, according to the Jewish culture, were to be circumcised on the eighth day. And we are seeing that Paul mentions that he was circumcised, you know, on the eighth day. <clears throat> on this day, 
it is said that the level of vitamin K, vitamin K is highest and it plays a pivotal role in regulation and control of the important clotting factors in the coagulation pathway that leads or that helps in stopping bleeding. I know I've said so many big words that have confused some of you, but on the eighth day, the vitamin K was very high, which simply helped in clotting of the blood and it helped in, you know, stopping the bleeding. You see, when you are circumcised, you know, the foreskin was removed. So bleeding took place. So on the eighth day, it was easy because the vitamin K was high to help someone not to bleed a lot. Isaac was circumcised on the eighth day. Jesus also was circumcised on the eighth day. So Paul boasted, you know, in quotes, you know, he said, I was also circumcised on the eighth day. Now, why am I putting pride in quotes? It's because this this is one of the things that could have made Paul very, very proud, but he chose not to be proud. He, it, he, 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 it could have made him, you know, you know, boast a lot about, you know, this cultural pattern that he was able to participate in. It could have made him, it could have made his, his head to swell, you know, and he could have boasted to the Jews telling them, look, you guys, you know, you're fighting me, but you need to know that I'm one of you. You know, I have fulfilled all the, re the Jewish requirements and one of them is circumcision. I was circumcised on the eighth day. So this could have made him proud, but I'm glad that, you know, Paul did not, you know, choose to be proud because of this. You know, circumcision is very close to some cultures. Circumcision is very close to some people. You know, I have gone to some funerals. And I have noticed that circumcision is very, very important that they include it in the eulogy. And you can see that there is tension in the air. And, and, and guys are, got, are waiting for this statement to be said. And they, it, it, has, it has to be mentioned that he was circumcised. And, and, and all of a sudden you feel a sigh of relief, you know, in the congregation. So, but circumcision, you know, of the flesh, as we are, as we are talking about, you know, our work with God is not that important right now. It is a circumcision of the heart that is very, very important as far as our Christian work of faith is concerned. The circumcision of the flesh right now is just good for health reasons and many other reasons that I cannot mention here. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I cannot go deeper. Please don't tell me to go deeper. So the circumcision of the heart is more important than the circumcision of the flesh. And so Paul could have boasted, but he realized that this circumcision of the flesh is not very, very important as far as my Christian work is concerned. It is the circumcision of the heart that is very, very, you know, important. Now, I wanted to realize something here, ladies and gentlemen, that there are many fleshly obligations that don't benefit our Christian work. And many people, without knowing the truth, boast of fleshly obligations and they parade them, you know, fleshly obligations that they have fulfilled. And they parade them and they try to show other people how important those obligations are and they define their value. But I want you to understand that there are many, many fleshly obligations that don't really benefit our Christian work. Some of these fleshly, you know, obligations are like traditional practices, cultural observances, clan requirements. You know, all of us, we come from different clans. You know, and sometimes you can be in a clan that requires that you participate in something. 
you know, for example, there are clans where people are buried while they are seated. You know, there are clans where people participate in diabolical practices, outdated practices that have no spiritual benefit. So if you want to be circumcised, go ahead and get circumcised for other benefits, but it is not of any spiritual, you know, benefit. I'm sure even recently one of our political leaders was talking, you know, about it. So Paul says that if, if, if it is boasting, I can boast about this thing. I can boast about being circumcised on the eighth day, but he realized it is not important as far as his Christian, you know, uh, work of faith is concerned. And there are many, many fleshly obligations that as a Christian we need to break away from traditional practices, you know, clan requirements, you know, um, traditional, you know, patterns that have been installed in our families for ages and everybody has gone through them. You are a Christian, you are a child of God and you have to break away from all those traditional patterns and practices that are not beneficial, you know, to your Christian faith. You cannot boast about them. You cannot parade them, you know, as a badge of honor and boast about them, thinking that they will benefit you spiritually. You must know what will benefit you spiritually, and that is what you should cling to. You know, things to do with the dead, things to do with graves, things to do with spirits, things to do with poverty, things to do with sicknesses and diseases. Charms for protection, you know, charms for fertility, you know, ornaments and enchantments, you know, for success and money attraction. You should break away from those things because these are fleshly obligations that don't really benefit you, you know, in your spiritual work of faith. Look at what Jesus says in Mark chapter 7, verse 5 to 9. Then the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the traditions of the elders? So in those days also they had traditions of the elders. But eat bread with unwashed hands. And he answered and said to them, Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? As it is written, These people honor me with their lips. But their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me. So these were... You know, these were Pharisees, you know, but they were holding on to the traditions of the elders. And all of us, we have elders in our families who have been installed in our family lineage. And they have all these traditions that they have picked from their elders. And those elders have picked from their elders. And all those practices, cultural practices, traditions have been handed over to you. And they expect you to participate in them as well. And these Pharisees were claiming to be serving God, but they were still holding on to those fleshly obligations. You can be a child of God, you can be a Christian who is born again, who is in the church, but you are still holding on to fleshly obligations, the traditions of man. You respect the traditions of men more than you respect the word of God. You honor the traditions of men more than you honor the word of God. You pledge allegiance to the traditions and the practices of, you know, elders more than you do the word of God. And Jesus gave a warning here, you know, and he says, and in vain, these guys worshiped God. In vain, they worship me, teaching as doctrines, the commandments of men for laying aside the commandment of God. You hold the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups and many other such things you do. He said to them all too well, you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. So you can see that the traditions of men rival our allegiance to the word of God. The traditions of men keep us, you know, from, 
you know, observing the word of God, the traditions of men, fleshly obligations become a stumbling block in your life that you can be, you cannot be able to really follow the word of God to the latter. Then when you jump to verse 13, this is a sad commentary of the traditions of elders. Jesus said, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down and many such things you do. So there are many, many traditions, you know, that they were involved in that, you know, you know, made, deflated the word of God, made the word of God not to work in their lives. And as a child of God, I want you to know that if you are this person who holds on to the traditions of men, the commandments of men, the traditional practices that have been handed down to you from your forefathers, let me tell you, the word of God will not be at work in your life. The power that is in the word of God will not be unleashed in your life because you are clinging on to the traditions of men. You know, there are many Christians who say, I've been in church for many years. I've been serving God. I've been giving. I've been tithing, you know, and nothing is happening. I don't see any breakthrough. I don't see any miracle. But when you examine your lives, you can, their lives, you can see that part of their lives is given to the traditions of men, to the tradition of the elders. They participate in cultural practices. They will not tell you, but they participate in cultural practices. They believe in the myths that, in their, is, that is in their lineage. They believe in those cultural practices and they participate in them. That's why every year they have to go home at a particular month of the year. They have to go home. And when they go home, they participate in those things. When they go home, they make sacrifices on graves. When they go home, they take some tokens. You know, you know, they take some tokens at home. They consult witch doctors. They consult, you know, consult wizards. They consult seers at home and they tell them, look, things are not working for me in the city. Things are not going very well for me in the city. I've not found love. I need a love portion. I need you to smear me with something that will attract men, that will attract women. Things are tight. My business is not working. And so they consult all these people or they go home and they find this uncle who tells them, I know your problem. You have been suffering. You have been struggling, but I'll take you to someone. And they go to that particular person. That person speaks on them. That person, you know, tells them to bring this, bring that, bring this, bring that, bring this, bring that. And they participate in all those things. Then they come back to church. Let me tell you, the word of God will not work in your life. You have participated in a fleshly obligation that deflects the potency of the word of God in your life. The word of God cannot work for you. The word of God cannot unleash victories in your life. The word of God cannot open doors in your life because you've made the word of God of no effect through your traditions that have been handed down to you and such things that are connected to it, you participate in them. And look, let us be honest with each other. There are Christians who are even listening to me right now. You are not fully in God. You have not fully plugged into God. You have not fully surrendered to God. You believe a little bit in the power of God, but also you believe a little bit in your traditions. You believe a little bit in the Holy Spirit, but also you believe a little bit, you know, in the myths and, 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 and the practices, you know, the practices that have been handed down to you by the elders. You believe in church, but also you believe in your traditional 
practices at home. That's why when you go home, you know, people don't know you're born again. People don't know you're saved. People don't know you're stunned. When you get home, you change. You wear another coat and you participate in fleshly obligations. Let me tell you, if you participate in those fleshly obligations, the word of God will not work in your life. The word of God will not work in your finances. The word of God will not work in your family. You will keep on struggling. You will keep on complaining. You will keep on fr being frustrated because the word of God is not working in your life. You must renounce all those fleshly obligations. You must disconnect yourself from all those fleshly obligations. You must burn all those tokens and charms and ornaments, amulets and bracelets that you have been given back at home. You must burn them today. Whatever you've been given to bury behind your house, to bury in your business, to put in your mattress, to put at your pillow so that your husband or your wife can love you more. You have to remove it and burn it and now depend on the word of God fully. You must yield yourself to God's word and the word of God will begin to function in your life. I'm preaching to somebody in this house. You have to let it go. You have to dis disconnect yourself totally and completely from those things and become free in the name of Jesus. There's someone here, you're listening to me. God is speaking to you right now. Denounce all those fleshly obligations. And some of you, you have to reverse some of the enchantments that you are taken through. You have to cancel them. You have to break them. You have to refuse them in the name of Jesus. You have to shatter traditional mindsets. You have to break them right now in the name of Jesus so that you can be free and so that you can be able to have the full effect of God's work, uh, God's word at work in your life today. I'm preaching to somebody in this house. Let it go. Remove that charm. Some of you are wearing something. You're wearing a bracelet. We are thinking it's a decoration, but it's not a decoration. Somebody gave it to you. You have to let it go. Burn it. Burn those pictures. Burn all those things, those tokens that you are given. Burn them and throw them away and depend on the word of God. Jesus said, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You have to depend on the word. You have to lean on the word. You have to trust on the word. You have to believe the word. You have to work the word. You have to practice the word. You have to do everything and observe to do everything that is written therein. And the Bible says you will prosper. God will give you good success and you will you'll be prosperous in all your ways. Can somebody shout a big amen here? I feel like preaching. Oh, glory to God. Oh, yes. Number two, Paul's pride. And remember, pride is in quotes. Paul's pride. He mentions the people that he came from. He mentions his lineage, the people that he came from. He says, of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. Look at the pedigree of Paul. He mentions of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. In other words, he reveals, you know, that he came from the aristocracy of Israel. He mentions the tribe of Benjamin. He mentions that he comes from a lineage of nobility. You see, this tribe, the Benjamin tribe was known for its brave warrior-like people who were skilled in archery, slinging rocks, and left-handed fighting. So these were warriors. These were conquerors of territories. These were fighters. And they were very skilled. They knew how to, you know, use a sling. And they were very precise. They were full of precision when they used the sling, you know, and rocks. And they were left-handed 
you know, in fighting. So that means they were unpredictable. You think he's going to attack you from the right side because most of the people are right-handed. But you, 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 you get a surprise because they attack you, you know, with their left hand. This tribe also was the one that controlled the major city of Jerusalem. And not, not only that, it also produced great people. It produced a guy called Ehud. Ehud was a great leader who delivered Israel from Moab. It also produced the first king, and that is Saul, of the United Kingdom of Israel. You know, he came from Benjamin. It also produced Esther and Mordecai. And these are guys who delivered the Jews from a guy called Naman. Sorry, Haman. Now, Paul identified with this great tribe, you know, which was decorated with military victory and prominence. He had every reason to be proud. And this is true. You know, he had every reason to be proud. But I'm so glad that he chose not to be proud about his lineage, about the people that he comes from, about his ancestors, about the great people that he is, you know, associated with, about the greatness, you know, that was flowing in his blood. He could have been proud and he could have started looking down on other people. He could have been proud and started looking down on people like Peter, you know, but he didn't do that. You know, this country has 42 plus tribes, you know, and it is a fact that there are people who belong to a particular tribe who look down on others. They despise others. In fact, sometimes you can talk and talk and talk and talk and everybody's impressed, everybody's impressed. And then when they hear your name, they all of a sudden they just despise you because your name suggests that you come from a certain tribe. You know, or you can look like, you know, somebody who is going somewhere. But the moment you mention your tribe, everybody changes their mind about you. So there are people who belong to certain tribes, and we are not mentioning tribes here, who really despise people who come from, you know, other tribes. And they believe they are the only ones who can lead this country. They believe they are the only ones, you know, who have been chosen by God. They believe that they are only ones, you know, who must have influence. They believe that they are only ones who are educated. You know, others are not educated. Others are fools. That's why we have a lot of stereotypes in our nation as well. You know, that's why, you know, there are people who believe that if you come from a certain tribe, all you can aspire to be is a watchman or a cook. Others believe that if you come from a certain tribe, you know, all, all, all you can do is steal. You are a thief. Others believe that if you come, you know, from a certain tribe, you are a wizard. You know, you are a witch. In the night you wake up and run, you know, naked. Others believe that if you come from an, this other tribe, you are lazy. You cannot work. You are too slow. You know, and you can't, and you have all these stereotypes. Others believe that if you come from this tribe, you know, the only thing you are thinking about is sex. You know, in fact, they say those people who come from that tribe, they look oversexed. You look at them, they just look oversexed. I mean, we have so many stereotypes, you know, in this country that define different, you know, tribes. And that's why you find sometimes when people are trying to marry from different tribes, it becomes a challenge because this tribe suspects this tribe and this tribe also suspects this tribe, you know. And some of us, you know, if we are not careful, we are going to be proud because we come from a certain tribe and begin to despise people who come, you know, from a different tribe than ours. Paul did not allow his lineage to make him proud. 
No, 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 no. He didn't allow that, you know. And, and as a child of God, I want you to know that God can anoint anyone. God can use anyone from any tribe. God can use anyone. You see, tribalism has even come to the church. That people, before they join the church, they ask, who is the pastor? Then, where does he come from? I mean, it's a, it's a sickening kind of mindset. You know, who is he? You know, you know, for me, I think my name betrays me. And many people think I'm a Nigerian, you know. And so they ask, oh, oh that, that Nigerian pastor. Mm, I think I should acquire an accent. Uh, that Nigerian pastor. That's why you want me to come. That's why you want me to go. No, I, I mean, people are sick. God can anoint anywhere. He can anoint a Nigerian. He can anoint a Kenyan. He can anoint a Kikuyu. He can anoint a Luya. He can anoint a Luo. He can anoint a, a, a Meru. I mean, God does not look at our tribes. God looks at a vessel that he wants to use. And you must accept the vessel that God has anointed and God has raised in your life to be a blessing to you. If you become tribal, you know, to determine who you receive from and who you will not receive from, let me tell you, you will miss out on so many blessings that God has for you. What if the anointing that you are looking for is in a man who is in another tribe? What if the miracle that you are looking for is going to be triggered by somebody from another tribe? You're going to miss out on your miracle. You're going to miss out on your blessing because you have this tribalistic mindset and you only believe that people from your tribe should bless you. Please, let's break away from that. Let's break. It's, 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 it's a sign of pride. You know, it's a sign of pride to think the person who is born in your tribe is the only person who can bless you. That the person who comes from your village is the only person who can bless you. That the person who was, you know, who is who, who belongs to your tribe is the only person who can bless It is a myopic way of thinking. It is a backward way of thinking. It is, it is, it is, it is diabolic, I'm telling you. And if you continue like that, you're going to miss out on so many things that God has ordained for you. God uses vessels, different vessels to be a blessing to us. Hmm. Do you know that this thing had crept into the church? First Corinthians chapter one. Mm, tonight I feel like preaching. There's an anointing here to preach. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 11 to 13. Paul says, for it has been declared to me concerning you. Hmm? Word got to Paul concerning the church at Corinth. It has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, all right? Or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas. So they were divided, you know? Some say, ah, as we belong to Paul. Another group says, how as we belong to Apollos. Another group said, as we belong to Cephas. Another group said, as we are Jesus only. We belong to Christ. We don't care about Paul. We don't care about Apollos. We just belong to Christ. Then Paul asks a question. Is Christ divided? Was Christ crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Paul is challenging them. And he's telling them, is Christ divided? I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that Christ is not divided. And we should not allow tribalism to thrive in the church. We should not allow tribalism to thrive in this nation. 
When somebody comes to church, he's your brother, he's your sister. When someone is born again, he's your brother, he's your sister. You don't need to care about where they come from, their tribe, their village. You don't, you don't need all those details. All you need to know, are you born again? If you're born again, you're my brother, you're my sister. And we can work together to build the kingdom of God. We can work together to ensure that the great commission is fulfilled here on earth. Let's kick tribalism out of the church. Let's kick tribalism out of our lives. You can't be proud because of the tribe that you come from. You can't be proud because of the geographical location you come from. We are all one in the sight of God. There is neither Jew and there is neither Greek. We are all one. There is neither male or female. We are all one. And we need to get rid of tribalism from the church in the name of Jesus. Can I hear an amen? I don't know, but that's, for me, I don't, I don't even, I don't really believe in making a church, hmm, a tribalistic church, that only people from a certain tribe can fit in that church. It's not a good thing. The Bible says, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Anybody should come to church and fit in. Anyone from any tribe should come to church and fit in. Anyone from any geographical location should come to church and fit in. It is the house of prayer for all nations. May every form of tribalism in your heart, in your mind, in the church be kicked out in the name of Jesus. We kick out tribalism, negative tribalism, even in this country, in the name of Jesus. Anybody can rule this country. Anybody can be a president in this country. Anybody can be a governor in this country. Anybody can be a leader in this country. I look forward to days that we'll have a governor who has been born, you know, in Western, vie in you know, ukambani and be elected. I'm looking for days. I pray that may those days come in the name of Jesus. A governor from coast will go and vie in Kitale and still be elected. I pray that this negative tribalism, may it come to an end in the name of Jesus. We cast it to its roots and we declare that may it dry up in the name of Jesus. If you're with me, shout a loud amen in this house. So don't ask this pastor, where does he come from? If God has directed you to a church, join it, plug in, and serve God in Jesus' name. Number three, we are talking about Paul's pride. And remember, the pride is in quotes. Paul's pride. Number three is his religious persuasion. His religious persuasion. He says, concerning the law, a Pharisee. Concerning the law, a Pharisee. These are his accolades. Concerning the law, he says, a Pharisee. The word Pharisee comes from the Hebrew word separated. You know, the Pharisees believed that they were set apart. They were separated by God, you know, to emphasize personal piety and observance of the law. They believed that they were the ones that God had chosen to be like his policeman, to make sure that everybody obeys the law to the latter. And these are the guys when Jesus showed up, they were really against him. They opposed the ministry of Jesus. You know, they were always challenging what Jesus was preaching. But Jesus pointed out their hypocrisy because whatever they were saying and whatever they were doing was totally different. They didn't really practice the word of God to the letter. When it came to fasting, they did it so that people may see. When it came to giving, they did it so that people may see. They heaped upon people burdens that them they themselves could not be able to carry. 
So they were full of hypocrisy. So the Pharisees were, I, were, were associated with hypocrisy. And Paul here says, like, concerning the law, I am a Pharisee. You know, the Pharisees were supposed to actually memorize the Pentateuch, the first five books. They were supposed to memorize them. And Paul says, look, if you are to talk about the law, if you're talking about studying the law, if you're talking about memorizing the law, I want you to know that I am a Pharisee. And I believe you're saying this to show the Pharisees that, look, I'm one of you, but I have seen the light. So Paul, you know, before he was born again, he was a Pharisee. And he was a zealous Pharisee, but he was a deceived Pharisee. Remember what he did? He claimed to know God, but he was in deception. He was sincerely wrong. And that's why he went around, you know, frustrating the church. He went around killing and putting into prison those who professed, you know, Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. You know, have you ever seen someone who has been persuaded by a lie? That's how Paul was. That's why he could take letters to go and make sure that he persecutes Christians in the name of God. You see, when you're persuaded with a lie and you're even a Christian, you can think that whatever you're doing, you're doing in the name of the Lord. You can persecute the church and think that you're doing that in the name of the Lord. You can malign the name of a pastor and thinking you're doing the will of God. That is how Paul was. He was, he was walking in deception as a Pharisee. He thought he understood the law. He thought that he knew the word of God. He thought that he had delved deeper into the nitty gritties of the word of God and he understood the gospel of Jesus Christ. But let me tell you, he was lost. He was deceived. And you can be easily deceived. As a child of God, you can be easily deceived. You can say like Paul, concerning the Bible, I know it. Concerning the scriptures, I am versed. Concerning God's will, I am aware of it. But let me tell you, if you're not careful, if you're not grounded, if you're not solid in the word of God and in the understanding of the scriptures, you might be living a lie. You might be living in deception. That's how Paul is. Paul was rather. He was called Saul then. Pharisee. He killed Stephen. Look at this guy. He was, he was, he was deceived. You know, and he was thinking that he's doing the will of God, but he was not doing the will, you know, of God. And Paul warns us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. He says, Look, I want you to be very careful. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. He says, No longer, he warns and he tells us, we should no longer be children. We should no longer be children. I pray for you that you no longer be a child in the faith. You might be born again recently, but you should not remain a child in the faith. You should grow and become solid and strong in the faith. Otherwise, you will be a, fear, a Pharisee who lives in deception, operates in deception, tries to teach the word of God in deception, does ministry in deception. Paul says that you should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. So you can be in the church but deceived. deceived. You can be in the church but you live in error. You can be in the church and serving God. But let me tell you, you live in error. I have even heard some preachers say some things and I'm like, oh my goodness. This is error. I even heard a preacher who was even correcting the Bible, correcting the angels. Correcting the scriptures. I mean, we have gotten even where we have gotten there where we are now correcting the Bible. I, I, I was I was surprised. I was surprised. So you can be a Christian who actually lives in deception. The Pharisees 
were in church. They were in the synagogues. In fact, they were the leaders, you know, in the synagogue. But let me tell you, they were walking in deception. And Paul was one of them, walking in deception, propagating a lie, propagating deception, erroneous teachings, you know. And he, let me tell you, you if, if you see how persuaded he was, if you see how convinced he was that he was traveling from city to city, moving from place to place, you know, when God was dealing with him, he was on his way to Damascus. And he had his servants. And he was determined to go there to stop the preaching, to, spread, to stop the spread of the gospel. It is because of Paul that all these disciples had to flee and go to other cities. And he was following them, following them there because he was, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was living a lie. He was living in deception. Ladies and gentlemen, I pray that we shall not be Pharisees in Jesus' name. Don't boast about a revelation that you got and you think is a very powerful revelation when it is against the word of God. Don't boast about a revelation that you received recently that you've never had and you're, you're, you're propagating it and it is not theologically sound and you're running around with it with your chest out and with your head lifted. Let me tell you, you're exposing how deceived you are. You are exposing the deception that has captured your heart. You are exposing the deception that has sat on you and has made you deceived. And you must be careful because the Pharisees were leading people astray. You can also lead people astray. Whew. We must pray that we shall not be deceived. I pray for you today. You shall not be deceived in Jesus' name. You will not be a Pharisee. You will not walk in hypocrisy. You shall not be deceived in Jesus' name. You shall not be deceived in Jesus' name. And there are people because they always want to make people think they are deep and they are mysterious. They come up with statements. And when you analyze the statement, the statement, hey, the statement goes against God's word. You must be very, very careful. Don't be a Pharisee in Jesus' name. My goodness, let me give you the last one because we have to pray. Are you ready to pray tonight? I'm ready to pray. Number four, remember we are talking about Paul's pride and that pride is in quotes. I want you to declare that you will not be deceived. Type there and say, I shall not be deceived. I will not be deceived and I will not be a deceiver in the name of Jesus. Declare that you will not be deceived and you shall not be a deceiver in Jesus' name. You shall not deceive those who are young in the faith, you shall not deceive those who have not matured in the faith and you shall not be deceived by anyone, either from YouTube, Facebook, wherever. You shall not be deceived in Jesus' name. You will be firmly grounded in the faith in Jesus' name. Number four, it is his passion. It is his passion. Because he was deceived, his passion was misdirected. He says, concerning zeal, oh, Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Look at his zeal. His zeal was misdirected. He had zeal, yes, zeal for God, zeal for the work of God, zeal for the work of the ministry, but his zeal was misdirected. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. He zealously persecuted the church and he thought he was doing God a favor. He thought that he was doing the will of God. He thought that he was pleasing God by persecuting the church. But you and I know that the church is at the heart of God. It is the church that made God to send Jesus to die 
on the cross. So the heart is at the epicenter of God's heart. You cannot claim to be persecuting the church and at the same time you say that you are doing the will of God. It cannot happen. God can never contradict his word. God can never contradict himself. So if you're going to do the will of God, then you must love the church. So his passion was misdirected. Do you know you can be sincerely wrong and you can be passionately wrong? You can have passion towards something. You can chase something passionately, but you are wrong. Your passion is misdirected. There are people who think by correcting the Bible, they are doing God a favor. There are many people who think by correcting and fighting the church, they are doing God a favor. Many people think by fighting the pastor, they are doing God a favor. Hmm? Many people think by, you know, trying, you know, to, to correct, you know, even the scriptures, they are doing God a favor. You are not doing God a favor. Your passion is misdirected. Your passion has lost the way. And many people, their passion has lost the way. They have misdirected their passion, their energies. Instead of fighting the kingdom of darkness, instead of fighting Satan, instead of fighting demons, they are fighting the church. Your passion has been misdirected. Paul says concerning zeal, concerning zeal, persecuting the church. What are you passionate about? Where is your zeal? Where have you directed your zeal? Is it towards the will of God or is it against the will of God? Where have you consecrated your energies on? Where have you consecrated your passion on? Where have you concentrated your, your, your resources on? Is it building the church or is fighting the church? Where is your energy? Where is your passion? Where is your excitement? Where is your enthusiasm? Where is your energy? Is it fighting the church or standing with the church. Look at because of Paul's zeal. Look at what he did. He killed Stephen, a mighty evangelist. Because of his zeal, he persecuted Christian. Because of this misdirected passion, he made sure that the Christians were scattered all over the place and they were living in fear because his passion was misdirected. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to remind you, a true believer, a true believer is a builder of the church. He doesn't scatter the church. He peels the church. I don't care what you say. I don't care which excuse you use. Oh, oh, I was hurt. That's why, you know, I must expose the church. I don't care which excuse you will use. If you try and fight the church, you have misdirected your passion. I don't care. I don't care what you say. I don't care which excuse you give. Fighting God, fighting pastors, fighting the church, fighting the mission of the church, fighting the vision of the... I don't care which excuse you give. Your passion is misdirected. Your, your, your energies are misdirected. Your resources are misdirected. Why buy bundles to fight the church? Your resources are misdirected. Why buy bundles to do a broadcast? To tarnish the name of a man of God. You are misdi You have misdirected your passion. And you need to come back. You know. To the right path. You need to change. You need to repent. You need to turn around. You need to re redirect your passion in the right place. We have demons to fight. We have churches to plant. We have pastors to raise. We have the church to be. We have a cathedral to build. I mean, that is where we should direct our passion. That's where we should direct our strength. A true believer is the builder 
of the house of God. He's the builder of the church. A true, authentic believer directs his or her passion towards the building of God's house. Look at Jesus. He was so passionate about the church that he died for the church. Oh, yes. He died for the church. Upon this rock, I will build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Where is your passion? It's a question tonight. What are you passionate about? Where have you directed your passion? Where have you trailed your guns? Where have you directed your weapons? Where have you directed your energies? Where have you directed your resources? Is it to fight the church or to build the church? Is it to scatter the church or to promote unity within the church? Is it to ensure that the church fulfills her vision or you become a stumbling block to the church? Where is your passion? Paul says concerning zeal, persecuting the church. But for you, you will say concerning zeal, building the church. Hallelujah. Concerning zeal, promoting the church. Concerning zeal, supporting the church. Concerning zeal, standing with the church. Concerning zeal, standing with the pastor. That is my zeal. And the zeal, Jesus said, the zeal of the Lord's house has consumed me. I pray that the zeal for God's house may consume you tonight in the name of Jesus. The zeal to see the church thrive, may it consume you tonight in the name of Jesus. The zeal to see the church fulfill her mandate here on earth, may it consume you in the name of Jesus. The zeal to see the cathedral finished, may it, may it consume you in the name of Jesus. Concerning zeal, concerning zeal building the church concerning zeal fulfilling the great commission concerning zeal supporting my church concerning zeal standing with my church through and through concerning zeal I'll be a pillar in the house of God ladies and gentlemen like Paul, he was not proud of these things. I pray that you will not be proud of these things as well. You will redirect your passion in the name of Jesus. Oh yes, you will focus on what builds the kingdom of God. You will focus on what promotes the kingdom of God. You will focus on what elevates the preaching of the gospel. You will focus on the unity of the church. You will not be a sponsor of the destruction of the church in the name of Jesus. You will not be the sponsor of scattering of believers from the church in the name of Jesus. You will promote unity. You will promote oneness. You will promote unity and harmony within the church. Oh yes, those are the accolades that you will have as a child of God. That the church may be able to fulfill her mandate in the name of Jesus. Are we ready to pray this morning? Oh, it's not morning. I'm so used to morning. Are you ready to pray this evening? In the name of Jesus. Everybody get a place of prayer. I want you to begin by renouncing all cultural practices right now that are retrogressive to your Christian walk in the name of Jesus. Anything that impedes your spiritual growth, anything from your clan, from your family, any, any tradition, any practice, I want you to renounce it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. The traditions of men that make the word of God not to work in your life, I want you to renounce them right now in the name of Jesus. Raise your voice in your room, in your house, in your CMG, wherever you are, everybody begin to pray right now loudly in the name of Jesus. Father, 
We renounce any traditions. We renounce any traditions handed down to us by the elders. We renounce any practices, oh God, in our families, in our lineages that have made the word of God of no effect in the name of Jesus. We renounce every practice, <coughs> excuse me, diabolic practice that deflects the word of God, that deflects the potency of God's word in our lives in the name of Jesus. We renounce every enchantment, every word, every statement, every phrase that we used or we were taken through that makes the word of God not to work in our lives. We renounce it in the name of Jesus. We renounce any practice, any activity that we participated in that makes the word of God not to work in our lives. We renounce it today, tonight, in the name of Jesus. Every enchantment, every confession that we made, everything that was, 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 was handed down to us that we're supposed to participate in, we renounce it right now in the name of Jesus. Traditions of men, commandments of men that, that deflect our faith and makes the word of God of no effect in our lives today. We renounce and reverse all those words right now in the name of Jesus. We renounce and reverse all those proclamations that we made in the name of Jesus. We renounce all those statements, all that we were meant to repeat over and over again that are working against our faith. We renounce them right now in the name of Jesus. We renounce them right now in the name of Jesus. Every word, every statement, every phrase, every enchantment, we renounce each and every one of them right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray that their effects will not get to us in the name of Jesus. The consequences of these proclamations will not get to us, will not get to our children, will not affect our, our lineage in any way. In the name of Jesus, we break the power of every enchantment, traditional enchantment, enchantment that is in our clan, enchantment, fleshly obligations that we were taken through, fleshly obligations that we participated in, fleshly obligations that we finance, that we give money to, that we give tokens to. Tonight, Lord, we renounce them and we break their power over our lives in the name of Jesus. We renounce them and we break their power and their influence over our lives in the name of Jesus. Every, every every occurrence that has been established in our lineage because of these fleshly obligations. We break those strongholds right now in the name of Jesus. Every stronghold that has been established in my lineage, in my family, because of fleshly obligations that our forefathers participated in, I break and shatter those strongholds right now in the name of Jesus. Strongholds that have introduced diseases, we break and shatter them right now in the name of Jesus. Strongholds that have introduced poverty, I break them right now in the name of Jesus. Strongholds that have opened a door for madness and insanity in our families, I shatter that stronghold right now in the name of Jesus. Strongholds that have opened the door to barrenness, 
poverty, diseases and mysterious deaths. I break that stronghold. I shatter that stronghold right now in the name of Jesus. Strongholds that have opened up. Oh yes, addictive behaviors in our family lineages. I break all those strongholds right now in the name of Jesus. Every fleshly obligation that has opened a door, that has opened a gate to the to, 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 to our families, that has opened a door for the manifestation of diabolic demons and spirits. I, Father, I break, I break those strongholds. We shut those doors tonight in the name of Jesus. Come on, raise your voice and pray. Something is breaking in the spirit right now. Something is breaking in the spirit right now. Something is being shattered in the spirit right now. You have to be free. Your family must be free. Your children must be free. Your house must be free. In the name of Jesus, wherever you are, break it. Break it right now in the name of Jesus. Disconnect yourself from every fleshly obligation. Disconnect yourself from every cultural practice. Disconnect yourself from every uh, uh, cultural you know, and traditional practices. In the name of Jesus, diabolic practices. Practices that involve sacrifices. Practices that involve the shedding of blood. Disconnect yourself. Disconnect your children. Disconnect your blood. Disconnect your family. Right now, in the name of Jesus, the word of God must work. The word of God must work in your life. The word of God must have full effect in your life. The word of God must have full effect in your finances. The word of God must have full effect. Oh yes, on your body. In the name of Jesus, I proclaim Lord as I break and shatter all these demonic influences. I pray that may the word of God work. May the word of God work in my life. May the word of God work in my family. May the word of God work in my finances. May the word of God work in my body right now. In the name of Jesus to take away diseases and sicknesses in the name of Jesus may the word of God work in my soul to bring me joy peace and tranquility in the name of Jesus may the word of God work in my business to make my business grow and progress and move to the next level in the name of Jesus may the word of God work in my family let there be fruitfulness let there be joy harmony and peace in the name of Jesus may the word of God work in our lives today even as we pray in the name of Jesus. Are you praying somebody? Lift your voice and pray. Don't be quiet. Lift your voice and pray and pray and pray. Raise your voice and pray right now. I need to catch you in the spirit. I need to hear you in the spirit from all over the place. Everybody pray. Nobody looking around. Nobody is a spectator in this prayer service. Nobody, nobody is quiet in this prayer service. Raise your voice in your living room, in your house, wherever you are, in your car, in your office, wherever you are and pray in the name of Jesus. Yes, break away, break away, break away from fleshly obligations. Break away, break away, break away right now from uh, from traditional, from the traditions that have been handed down to you by elders. Break away, break away, break away right now in the name of Jesus. And may the word work. 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 May the word have full effect in your life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Secondly, I want you to fight the spirit behind negative tribalism in the name of Jesus. There will be no tribalism in the church. 
There will be no tribalism in this negative tribalism. We shall not look down on others and despise one another. We shall embrace one another. We shall walk in love and unity in the name of Jesus. That spirit that rears its ugly head when it comes to employment, I want you to break it. That spirit that rears it, its ugly head when elections are around the corner, I want you to break it right now in the name of Jesus. Raise your voice right now. We are engaging in warfare. That spirit that raises its head during marriage proposal, break it right now in the name of Jesus. You spirit of negative tribalism, we rise against you right now. You have infiltrated people's minds. You have infiltrated the church. But we stand in this place of prayer. And we command you right now to leave in the name of Jesus. Leave our churches. Leave our country. Leave our city. In the name of Jesus. We command every spirit of negative tribalism. That even interferes with employment. Interferes with marriages. Interferes with elections. We come against you right now. We command you to leave. Get out of this nation. Get out of the church. Get out of people's heads. Right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, fight that spirit right now. In the name of Jesus. The spirit behind negative tribalism. That brings bloodshed. That brings hatred. That brings violence. That brings destruction in this nation. That brings death. We bind you right now. And we cast you out in the name of Jesus. You spirit behind negative tribalism that wants to sink this nation, that wants to destroy this nation, that wants to destroy the church. We come against you right now. We bind you. We bind you. We break your power in the name of Jesus. We break your power right now in the name of Jesus. We destroy your foundation over this nation in the name of Jesus. You spirit of tribalism that makes people despise others because they come from another tribe. We bind you and we break your power right now in the name of Jesus. You spirit of tribalism, negative tribalism that interferes with employment in this country. We bind you and we break your power. Oh, you spirit that interferes with marriages, we break your power. We bind you. You will not operate in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray there will be love. There will be unity. There will be oneness. We shall not say in the church, I am of Apollos. We shall not say in the church, I am of Cephas. We shall not say in the church, I am of Christ. We shall not be divided because the body of Christ is not divided. We shall not be divided because the church is not divided. We shall stand united in the name of Jesus. We shall be joined and connected with one another, with love in the name of Jesus. I pray, oh God, that we shall be one. I pray that the world will know that we belong to you because we are going to demonstrate unity in the name of Jesus. We are going to be one. Every wall of tribalism, Every wall of tribalism, may you come tumbling down in the name of Jesus. We break every wall of tribalism. We break every wall of tribalism. We break every wall of negative tribalism in the name of Jesus. May we be one. May we be one. May we be one. Are you praying? Fight that spirit. Break that spirit. 
pull down that wall right now in the name of Jesus. Destroy that wall right now in the name of Jesus. May it come down. May it come down. May it come down. May it come down. May it come down in the name of Jesus. May it come down by, by the power, by the power and the name of Jesus. May it be destroyed by the power and the name of Jesus. We kick it out of the church. We kick it out of the departments. We kick it out of our neighborhood. Right now in the name of Jesus, we kick it out. You spirit of negative tribalism, get out of this country. Get out of this country. Get out of this country, Kenya. In the name of Jesus, you have caused bloodshed. You have brought about a lot of hatred in this nation. Get out of this nation right now. In the name of Jesus. And Father, let love flow. Let unity flow. Let harmony flow like a mighty river over this nation, over the church. In the name of Jesus, we shall walk in love. We shall love one another. In the name of Jesus, we shall love one another. There will be a lot of intermarriages. In the name of Jesus, we shall serve in the church with people from other tribes, other nationalities. In the name of Jesus, make your house, oh, a house of men, a house of prayer for all nations. In the name of Jesus, may the black and the white worship together. May female and male worship together. May the Jew and the Gentiles and the Greek worship together. May people from different nationality congregate in the church. Oh yes, and worship together in unity. In the name of Jesus, let there be unity and oneness. In Jesus' name, we all shout a big amen. Hallelujah. Number three, I want you to pray. You shall not be a deceiver and you shall not be deceived. In the name of Jesus, you shall not deceive anyone. You shall not be tossed to and fro. With every doctrine, in the name of Jesus, you shall not oscillate from one spectrum of doctrine to another. You shall not be moved. You shall not be lied to. You shall not be deceived. In the name of Jesus, you shall not succumb to error. You shall not succumb to deceptive teachings and doctrine in the name of Jesus. Pray right now that you shall not deceive anyone. You shall not pluck anyone from the church. You shall not be the cause of somebody's backsliding. In the name of Jesus, pray right now. You shall not be a deceiver and you shall not fall into deception. In the name of Jesus, you will not be a hypocrite. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Father, I pray even for us who are teachers, for us who are preachers, for us who are pastors, I pray that we shall not deceive people. We shall not propagate a lie. In the name of Jesus, I pray, O oh God, that we shall be propagators of the truth. We shall champion the truth. We shall preach the truth. We shall declare the truth and it is your truth that will set people free in the name of Jesus. As they know the truth, I pray that they will be set free from ignorance. They will be set free from diseases. They will be set free from sicknesses. They will be set free from curses. They will be set free from demonic oppression in the name of Jesus. I pray, O oh God, that we shall propagate truth. I pray, O oh God, that we shall dispense truth in the name of Jesus. Every teacher, every preacher, every believer. Every, every, every child of God, we shall always carry the truth. We shall not, we shall not spread rumors and lies in the name of Jesus. We shall not spread hearsay. We shall not spread lies. We shall not spread lies about the church. We shall not spread, lie, spread lies about our leaders. 
We shall not spread lies about our pastors in the name of Jesus. We shall not be rumor mongers in the name of Jesus. I pray, O oh God, today that we shall be dispensers of the truth. We shall teach the truth. We shall stand for the truth. We shall defend the truth. We shall propagate the truth, the truth of your word in the name of Jesus. And I pray, O oh God, that no man will lie to us. I pray, O oh God, come on, pray, come on, pray, come on, pray. Raise your voice and pray right now in the name of Jesus that you shall not be lied to. You shall not be plucked from the church. You shall not be plucked from the truth. You shall not be derailed from the truth in the name of Jesus. As you propagate the truth, as you stand for the, for the truth, as you give out the truth to others, I pray also that you shall not be deceived by anyone in the name of Jesus. No man will de deceive you. No angel will deceive you. No devil will deceive you. No preacher who has fallen will deceive you. In the name of Jesus, you will stand in the truth. You will stand in the truth. You will be planted in the truth. You will operate in the truth. In the name of Jesus. Oh my God, my God, my God. You will not be tossed to and fro. I will not be tossed to and fro. As a teacher, as a preacher of the word of God, I will not be tossed to and fro. I will not be held captive by the trickery of men in the name of Jesus. I will not be derailed from the truth. I'll be committed. I'll be committed to the truth. I'll be sold out to the truth. I'll be, oh God, I'll be so addicted to the truth that lies will not operate in me in the name of Jesus. I'll be so committed to the truth that no lie will survive around me in the name of Jesus. I will counter it. I will fight it. I will terminate it. I will bring it down. I will shoot it down in the name of Jesus. You too, you will, you will be planted in the truth. You will believe the truth. You will be committed to the truth. You will follow the truth. You will live by the truth in the name of Jesus. The truth of the word of God. The truth that is in the word of God. The truth that is being taught in the church. You will cling unto it. You will believe it. You will practice it. You will follow it in the name of Jesus. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. Father, we thank you. Come on, pray. Come on, pray. You'll not be a deceiver. You'll not be a deceiver. I declare over your life today, you will not deceive anyone to leave church in the name of Jesus. You will not deceive anyone to backslide in the name of Jesus. I pray and I declare over your life today, you will not be a stumbling block in the life of a young believer in the name of Jesus. You will not be a stumbling block in anybody's life in the name of Jesus. The devil is a liar. I decree over your life today that you will not be used of the devil to destroy any church, to destroy any believer, to derail any believer from the truth. In the name of Jesus, I decree that you will not deceive anyone to stop tithing, to stop serving, to stop giving, to stop loving, to stop going to church. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you will not deceive anyone to stop loving their wives or their husband. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you today that you will teach the truth 
you will stand with the truth, you will commit yourself to the truth, you will be addicted to the truth, and nobody will also deceive you, no one will pluck you from the truth, no one will derail you from the truth. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you today, you will not be sifted like wheat from the truth. In the name of Jesus, even though Satan has desired to do it, his desire over your life will not happen. It will not be fulfilled. In the name of Jesus, his desire to sift you like wheat, his desire to derail you from the truth, his desire to pluck you from the truth will not succeed. It will not materialize. In the name of Jesus, you are firmly planted in the truth. You are firmly planted in the word of God. You are firmly planted in the true word of God and you are you will be unshaken you will not be shaken you will not be removed your feet will be firmly planted in God's word you will be immovable in the name of Jesus you will be unshakable in the name of Jesus no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper in the name of Jesus you will stay in the truth you will be planted in the house of God you will develop roots in the house of God and you will flourish because even in old age you will still be in the house of God and you will bear fruit in the name of Jesus receive that prayer today in Jesus name last prayer I want you to pray that you will direct your passion in the right place towards the right course in other words your passion will be towards building building the house of God 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 that will be your passion, building the house of God, building other believers. Oh, you're standing with the church. That's where your passion will be. Concerning zeal, building the church. Concerning zeal, building the church. You will build the church. You will build the church. That's your prayer. That's our last prayer we are praying right now. You will be a builder of the church. You will build the church. You will support the church. You will use your resources your manpower, your gifts, your talents, whatever God has graced you with to build the church in the name of Jesus. You will build the church with all your heart. You will build your church with your monies. You will build your church with your energies. You will build the church even in your thoughts, whatever you are thinking, it will be to build the church. Your speech will be to build the church. Your passion, your desire, will be to see the church built not the church destroyed but the church built you will not persecute the church you will not persecute other brothers and sisters in the church you will not persecute the pastor you will not persecute your leaders you will not persecute the cmg leader in the name of jesus you'll be a builder direct your passion in the right direction direct your passion towards building the church father tonight i pray we are directing our passion to build your church. We are directing our passion to raise up the foundation of building the church in the name of Jesus. We are directing our passion towards seeing the fulfillment of the vision that you have given to us to see churches planted. We shall plant churches. To see churches built, a thousand cathedrals. To see pastors raised, a thousand pastors in the name of Jesus. Redirect your passion. Redirect your passion. Redirect your passion right now in the name of Jesus. Redirect your passion. Redirect your energies in the name of Jesus. You'll be among those who are building the church. 
You will stand with Jesus to build the church. You will be among those who support the church. You will be among those who stand with the church. You will be among those who support and defend the church. In the name of Jesus. That's why your passion will be. Your passion will be to see the church grow. Your passion will be see, to see the church fulfill her mandate. Your passion will be to see the church move ahead. In the name of Jesus. Your passion will be to see the church fulfilling her vision. In the name of Jesus. You will use your time. You will use your energy. You will use your strength. You will use your monies. You will use your potential. You will use your gift to ensure that the church fulfills her vision. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you honor. We give you blessings. We love you, Lord. I prophesy over your life that you will be a church builder. I prophesy and proclaim over your life you will be, you will stand with the church. <clears throat> Excuse me. I prophesy over your life you will be this person who elevates the course and the purposes of the church in the name of Jesus. You will be this person who defends and stands with the church in the name of Jesus. I prophesy and proclaim you will be so passionate about the church. You will be so passionate about the mandate of the church in the name of Jesus. I decree that you will, be support, you will support your local church. You will be a great supporter of your local church. I decree and declare you will be a pillar in your local church in the name of Jesus. You will be a pillar in your local church. You will support the pastor. You will support the vision. You will support the church through and through in the name of Jesus. Concerning zeal, I'm a builder of the church. Concerning zeal, you'll be a builder of the church. Concerning zeal, you'll be a builder of the church. Concerning zeal, you'll be a supporter of the church. Concerning zeal, oh, you'll be a builder of God's house in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. We receive your word today. And we know that you have answered our prayer today. Receive all thanksgiving and, and praise. We thank you, Father. For a minute, I want you to open your mouth and just be thankful to God. Give Him thanks. Give Him glory for answering your prayer. Give Him thanks. Give Him glory for answering your prayer tonight. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord, for answering our prayer. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for hearing us and making us what we have prayed today. In the name of Jesus, I give you glory, Lord. And I give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. We all shout a loud, glorious, thunderous Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazo Tachero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.